But right now, as I mentioned before, one of the greatest captains of all time. Uh, we'll have this discussion about captaincy before. And that's uh, from the Hawthorne Football Club, Don Scott. G'day, Don. G'day, boys. How are you? We're fantastic, mate. Thank you so much for joining us, buddy. Um, well, first of all, we were just chatting about captaincy and the, the relevance of it these days. Um, what, do you, what do you think of leadership um, in the world of football now? Oh, I think you've always got to have a leader. I think you've got to have a leader. Um, it's a team game. Uh, you know, I think it's still very relevant uh, as always. Yeah, I think it's relevant as always. You've got to, you know, the game's changed, but you've still got to set the standard and you've got to be the conduit for the coach too uh, out on the ground. Don, it's uh, was here. Thanks for joining us. Um, your time at football... And time since, you've obviously you're a very passionate football person. Uh, how are you finding football these days to, to view personally? Well, I don't, um, I don't like it. Um, you know, there seems to be a common denominator. I watch sport from overseas, and I think even um, the EPL. Uh, I think a lot of things are being taken from the way they set up overseas with their soccer. Uh, again, there used to be a long kick in years gone by in soccer and uh, from out back and, you know, somebody running onto it. But uh, they seem to be more, you know, they build up gradually, slow possession game and just wait for that break. And it's a little bit like AFL. They, they do that. They get, you know, people, you know, playing, let's call it behind the ball. Um, but, you know, I just think that, you know, the coaches should realise a lot of them are being brought up that particular way and they add to it. But, you know, greater goals, was, I mean, higher scores were kicked when the ball was kicked longer and quicker into the forward line. You'd get over 100 points a game. Well, not too many games get over 100 points a game. And also, you know, and I know it's turning the clock back, but because of the style of play full forwards, I don't think they're as relevant as what they used to be. At one time, I think there were three or four guys at both that all kicked over 100 goals in the, uh, well, it was VFL back in those days, uh, in the one season. Mm. Uh, well, you wouldn't get that nowadays. Well, we had that discussion last week about the big full forwards, and yeah, it was on that point. Sav Rocker was on the show and he said if you kicked 60 goals back then, you had a disappointing year. But I mean, on that too, Jason Dunstall probably should have won a couple of Brownlows. Well, that's that's subjective, isn't it? I mean, you know, you had, I think, one year in my time, there was uh, Jezelenko, Hudson, Hudson yeah. Wade, uh, McKenna. Yeah. And I think a lot of them kicked over 100 goals in the one season. So you could say one of those could have won a Brownlow as well. Was there, is there something, I mean, obviously you watch the game very closely and uh, you analyse it as well. What what changes would you make? Would there be a rule that you'd bring in or leave out or is there something you, you would change to make it go back that way? I think a game's over-officiated. I think it's a very, very complicated game. Um, that was born out when I was taking out a lady from America and I was taking her to the football back in the the 90s when I was at Hawthorne and uh, trying to explain the game to her and uh, then she questioned me and I said well it's a matter of interpretation now when interpretation comes in it's not just black and white and so you've really got to grow up with the game to understand interpretation so 
I don't, I don't think it'll ever go anywhere uh, internationally, Australian rules, because of this interpretation. Um, it's a bit like gridiron. I, I struggle to understand gridiron, um, you know, but it's more black and white. So, yeah, I think that I think they've over... And also they've brought in rules committees and whatever else, and a lot of people are justifying their position. The rules are constantly changing at the top end, uh, it's being over-officiated. I think they're trying to get in four umpires now. Oh, come on. I mean, one bloke could do the job. It's not moving that quick, uh, which is an indication by the scores that are kicked. You know, they're not high. Uh, you know, the umpire doesn't have to keep up with the game because it kind of rotates between half-back and half-forward, which is always done. And if we get on to uh, your old team, the, Haw- the Mighty Hawks, how, how do you see them... Travelling this year, I think they're they're up for uh, a bit of uh, hard work. Hard work, it. but yeah. how how do you see them at the moment? The club at the moment. Well, that's exactly right, and it's going to be uh, painful. But that's the way you've got to do it. As long as they stick to the policy, and also you've got to be very very lucky at the draft. And their last draft, uh, or you know, their last Halcyon time, which started back in the mid two thousands. In two drafts, they more or less created or recruited their back line, well, the backbone of the team that gave them the success, you know, in, in latter years. So in two drafts, they did particularly well, picked up five odd players and they'd added to those, but they became the backbone of the team. And it's a bit like when I was there, uh, we had a zone, uh, Gippsland, and uh, we got a number of young players, about five of them that played in the uh, 71 Premiership, who became the backbone of the team. Uh, so consequently, we had success through this, uh, the 70s. Uh, so you just got to re- be very, very lucky when it comes to recruiting. And as, as a Hawthorne person, how many years like from this year are you giving them to, to sort of to do that well to I, that. I turn the clock back because as a young boy before I even went into uh, AFL football in the mid 60s there used to be a show called World of Sport and a fellow Jack Dyer was there and uh, he was asked that question about a team that was on the bottom he said it'd be five years now when you stop and look at it that's if if you had a group of young fellows coming in in five years time they played a hundred games they then become more or less machines and they are reliable and they are predictable. Young boys starting off, they'll go up and down uh, until they understand the game. So, you know, I'd give a team like Hawthorne at least five years, as long as their recruiting is right, the players become seasoned and away they go. So there's got to be a bit of pain, but they've got to stick to the recruiting of young people through the draft. I think you weaken your cause when you start well, not weak, you start inheriting problems from blokes coming from other sides. So you can't compromise. If you're going to go down one track, you've just got to stick to it. What um, what, what memories, uh, you know, what are your favourite memories of uh, playing footy, Don? Uh, obviously, the th- three premierships and uh, two of them as captain. Um, were they just incredible to be a part of? And can you take us back to those days? Well, they're the icing on the cake, if you can visualise any boy, I'm just no different to any other boy that uh, lived in the suburbs and uh, just to get invited 
or recruited to a league club and then to play your first game of football, that was, you know, that was kind of surreal. But, you know, that glamour soon wears off if you stay there for a while and then you start and you understand what it's all about and then you've just got to win premierships. And uh, so, you know, the first step was just to be invited down or recruited. That was a buzz. And uh, then to play your first game, which is a real buzz. And then you understand what football's all about. And I was very, very lucky to be in a team that had success. And uh, we won the ultimate on a number of occasions. And the toughest opponent and best player you've seen? Who, who was no, you they're all bloody tough. Yeah, I, would tell you, <laughs> I, was, I would have thought so. I was constantly countering. So, yeah. uh, you know, I... And you never underestimate an opponent. I remember going to Geelong. I played about 90-odd games. And there were two young boys in the ruck. And they, between them, they played about two games, two or three games between them. Uh, one was Rod Blake and another bloke was Manson. And they just took me apart because I underestimated them. That's the only time I've ever underestimated an opponent. Mm. And you just that was my lesson. And uh, so you just don't and respect your opponent. Because they wouldn't be capable, you know, if they weren't there, they were, you know, they're capable. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in the team you're playing against. Mm. Very true. Yeah, it, who would, yeah, who yeah. would be the best that you've seen? I know. I mean, no, they were all, look, as I said to you, they were all, they were all you know, I was constantly countering. So, um, you know, I'd work out what my opponent had. Uh, you know, if it was a jumper, I'd try and use something different. You'd hook arms, you'd hit with this hand, you'd come in from a different angle. Uh, you wouldn't try and wrestle him if he was a big, strong player. You'd try and get a run at them. So there wasn't one particular one. I found it very difficult against every one of them. I also want to get your memories on the late uh, John Kennedy Sr. I mean, to, to us, he's, he's just fascinating. And obviously his speeches and the, the way he coached is legendary. Um how often did he pull out a speech like um, the ones that uh, are so remembered these days? Oh, well, uh, you know, he was a, he was an orator and he could, you know, he could refer back because he'd read things. He could refer back to Shakespeare or something, pull a line from Shakespeare or whatever else. But, you know, he was no different to when he started to when he finished. The difference was... You know, we were in the bottom when he started, this in 67, and it took us a while to get up there till 71. So it really comes, I don't care who it is, uh, coaches, um, you know, it's what you've got. If you haven't got players, you haven't got a team and you won't have success. Now, he went to North Melbourne, not that much success. And you can go through them. Alex Jeselenko won a premiership at Carlton, went to St Kilda, no success. Tony Jewell did the same at Richmond, went to St Kilda, no success. Alan Jeans went from Hawthorne to Richmond, no success. If you haven't got the cattle, you can't produce. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, but, but his, his speeches are obviously legendary, as I was mentioning. Like, did you get, did you, I mean, did you get uh, bored of them or did you? Were you inspired, well, no, inspired by him? You've got to prepare. No, really. You've got to well, prepare. I can't imagine yourself. a coach these days going with one of those sort of things that he did. No, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not familiar. I think they're, they're far more. I don't know. It's. I can't comment because I'm not involved. But um, 
No, you really as a, as an individual, you have got to prepare. The coach is not going to do anything. You know, he might just point out one or two things and put it in a, uh, you know, frustrating. He might pull out a word or two, you know, don't think, do, yeah. uh, you know, which was a moment of frustration and that was happened to be recorded. But, no, there's nothing special that I remember about him, a, a speech or anything along that line that stands out. Now, we, if we fast forward a bit uh, to the uh, well, the attempted sort of merge days, that was one of your biggest fights and yeah, very successful there as well. Do you recall much of that? Do you think back on that? Um, yeah, well, you know, the AFL was trying to rationalise. At that stage, they were trying to limit the number of teams in, in Melbourne and they got put Fitzroy or made it. Fitzroy merged with the Lions up in up in Brisbane, and uh, you know that was a spur. Um, and uh, you know at that stage, as I said to you, they were trying to rationalise a number of teams. I said Melbourne couldn't support those, those teams. Um, what do I remember? I suppose I remember the night at the uh, Civic Hall, uh, Civic Town, uh, the Town Hall at uh, Camberwell. Uh, I just couldn't believe how people would become very, very, very basic. And uh, so-called intelligent people, uh, people well-respected within the in, in the community, not only in the football community, the general community, how emotion took over and they became very basic. It was, it was an amazing night. I mean, I don't know how, how often you thought or when you thought of ripping that uh, that Hawthorne uh, logo off the Melbourne jumper. I mean, I'm a Melbourne supporter, Don. So, I mean, virtually it was you that saved both clubs in the finish because Melbourne voted well, it yes. Was Hawthorne that, it was only Hawthorne that saved the merge because we voted against the merge. Yeah. Melbourne voted for the merge. Yes. This is what I'm saying. And, that, uh, without... and that, all that jumper thing was just a matter of theatrics. Uh, I needed something to happen and fate... Uh, comes in different ways. The older I get, the more I believe in fate. And uh, we were looking for something on that particular night. And a fellow just happened to come along a few days before, about five days before that particular night. And he said, I've seen the new jumper. It was made up by Huey Lyon down at uh, Brayside. Uh, he used to make football jumpers, knitted jumpers. And, um, you know, the mock jumper. And he said, I've seen it. I said, well, can you go and get me one? And so he did. It was a Melbourne jumper, and uh, it just had, and it just happened uh, to have Velcro, <laughs> Velcro with the eagle stuck on and the yellow. So it was easy. It just came, and you just ripped the one off, and you finished up with a Melbourne jumper. Yeah. Oh, very good. Oh, well, thank you for that. Yeah, you've saved. Uh, you've saved. Yeah, Jack. no, no, no. Don't listen. But, and the stupid thing was, the vote was taken before all the theatrics in the town hall. In uh-huh. other words, the Hawthorne <laughs> members had voted, so you didn't have to go through all the theatrics that actually happened in the town hall. Not many people know that because the decision had already been made by the votes. They just hadn't been counted, but the votes had been taken. So no matter what was said at that town hall, wouldn't have affected the outcome. No, no. no. Since that time, yeah, the Hawks have won four premierships and Melbourne won the one. I, no, I reckon... and I. To this day, I still think if that merger had have happened, I don't think the, I think the Melbourne Hawks would still be undefeated. 
Um, I don't think there would have been a Melbourne Hawks. Uh, it would have been called Melbourne. I don't know whether they'd call them Hawks. It would be very interesting to know. It was a complete takeover. Yeah, oh, right. So, yes. And uh, nowadays you're uh, you're on the airwaves uh, again with... Uh, podcast with Sam podcast Newman. Podcast with Sam Newman. That must be fun. Oh, I'm going to say fun. <laughs> it's not fun. Uh, <laughs> Not fun. No, it's not fun. Uh, no, it's not fun. I can tell you that. <laughs> how, how do you two sort of get along in 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 a sense? With well, John couldn't operate if he wasn't putting shit on somebody, and uh, <laughs> I'm I'm the one who cops the shit, and uh, so you've got to play the straight man and let him do the funny bits. Yeah. So I know what my place is on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Oh, it's, it's a fantastic podcast, and that's smart as yeah. Sam is the podcast. Um, and I mean, you used to have Mike Sheen on there, and then he left. So it's just the. Is it just used two now? Well, we've gone through. We've gone through a few people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anyone else. Two. Anyone else to get a word? Remain. I think we've gone through three different people. Um, so we're the only two there. No, <laughs> Fair enough. It's a great listen. It is a great listen. Hey, Don, we might have to leave it there, mate. It's been fascinating to chat. Um, hope to stay in touch and get you on again. But uh, thank you so much for your time. Good luck, boys. Hey, listen, I used to live in the Yarra Valley. Whereabouts are you operating from? We're, we're in Woori Alec. Oh, I, was, I used to live at uh, Wandon. Oh, oh right, very nice. around the corner. Victoria, Victoria Road, Wandon North. Oh, there you are. There you are. Well, you know, we, there's a nice wine, red wine waiting up here for you, mate. Is a, a nice what? Red wine. Uh, oh, really? They're going into wine up there? Yeah, plenty of reds up here, mate. Oh, God, that's... Yeah. Good on you. Okay, well, well done. I haven't been back for years and years. Well, well you're more than welcome. Welcome anytime. Yeah, particularly on a Wednesday. Yeah. Good man. Would you look after yourselves and good chatting? <laughs> right, thanks a lot, Don. Thanks, Don. I oh, appreciate that.